coming to you from the pit in Royal Grande, California. Your hosts, John Hackleman and Dr. James Casper. It's time for Pitmaster and the Doc. Hey guys, Pitmaster here. I'm here with the Doc. John, good to see you. Man, we got so much shit to talk about. It's just, it's crazy. You say that every week. Yeah, because we do. Uh, Let me just tell you. First of all, okay, my mom always told me this. She always told me this. If you want to win, you have to find the chin. All right, my mom always. Your mom was wise. Yeah, she was. You have to find the chin if you want to win. Just remember that, guys. Okay? Now, on the other side of that, you don't want your opponent to find yours. So, you want to hide your chin, right? But find theirs. All right? Just little words of wisdom. I'm just... Thanks, Mom. I'm putting it out there. My mom taught me well when it came to chins. She had a solid chin. And she always told me this, too. Once your chin goes, you don't get it back. It's like a girl. These are the rules of the chin. How many rules of the chin are... There's a lot. She said, it's like a girl's virginity. Once it's gone, no matter how much they want it back, it's not coming back. We call it virginity. If you lose your chin, it's gone for good. So keep, you keep your chin down. The more you get, it only has so many wax in it. You don't build it up by getting hit more. No, it starts deteriorating. There's no wolf's law to the chin. No, you don't build up the chin. Because it's not really building up the chin. It's all in your neuro, neurotoxins of your brain. Which uh, we've talked about before, but maybe building up your neck would make a difference. I don't think so. But, but anyway, yes. I think the, the, building, the jury's out. It, build, build, building up your neck is great for wrestling and defending against chokes and grappling. But I feel like your neck should be 100% supple when you're getting hit. That's like a bobblehead. If you're, if you're too solid with your neck, it doesn't, it doesn't go as much. It, Which you is take good. too much of the force. No, I think you should be able to ride. Okay, let me, I'll give you a perfect if, example. But it's when you ride that punch quickly that your brain hits no. your skull. Let me, yep. tell you, let me tell you the difference. If you saw Yoel Romero fight this, this week, or even, even uh, Cormier and... Uh, Stipe, they look like they were getting hit so many times, but if you watch those punches in slow motion, it's like you used to watch old boxers like uh, Roberto Duran. When you see it in fast motion, you're thinking, how didn't that knock them out? But then you see it in slow motion, they're riding the punches because they're seeing them. But then when they don't see the punch, they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't ride with it and they catch all the brunt on it and the force. Right, and it rattles their brain. Does but, rattle the brain? Yep. So I agree. When you when you ride the punch, or when you when you dot when you duck or weave with the punch, and you absorb some of it that way, is different than uh, than I think your head just snapping from right. from the hit. And I think that has to do a lot with guys that try to get too. You see these no neck guys. Um, I don't think that's good. But there has to be a middle ground. If you're a striker, you need more supility. You have to be su- supple. Supple. We call that supplity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Some people. But anyway, whatever. Okay, so 
Great fights. Speaking of, uh, Uf- this is UFC two forty one. Two forty one. It was a pay per view. It was one of the. It was one of the. Uh, it was it was de- well worth this one. How this- can they compare this pay per view to the last pay per view? Like it, it's the same price. This was a good card. This was at the Honda Center in Anaheim. It was. It was a good card. Been there quite a few times. Um, I think the last time I was at the Honda Center, DC was fighting there uh, against John Jones. Great fight against Stepik. It was a great fight. It showed, not only did it show their skills, they have so much class, both of them. Both of them are great fucking humans. They're great parents. They're great husbands. They're great workers. They're great, um, they give to their community. They're great people. And it's like, that is, I'm not saying that's like disappearing, but it's not as common as it used to be in the UFC, and that's a shame. Um, when Cormier fights, you know, like when he fought John Jones, that's just, uh, it was so ugly, so much ugliness. And uh, with this fight, there was so much class. And Cormier was so disappointed they lost, and he, he was so apologetic, and he was so, he was so, uh, he was, he was so full of praise for Stepik. He had nothing but great things to say about Stepik, his strategy, how great a fighter and great a man he was. And he just, and that Stepik had nothing but great things to say about, uh, to say about uh, Cormier. And that, I wish, I wish all the fights could be like that. I understand they can't. And I do like an occasional, uh, uh, Covington and, and Jorge Masvidal. I like it occasional that. Covington, uh, he walked into the stadium. Did you hear that? Yeah. He got booed. It was during someone's post-fight interview, and Covington walked in holding his belt with his red hat. No, they, he walked in during... It was, that was during the fight. Cause there was, it was during uh, a post-fight interview, because everyone started booing, and whoever was giving the interview was like, what's going on with all the booing, it looked like. But... <laughs> I think uh, one of the commentators, maybe it was uh, Dominic Cruz, said, uh, you know, everyone else hears Colby getting booed. He just hears cha-ching, <laughs> like, yeah. like everyone He's... booing him. At least everyone's interested. Like, he he generates a lot of interest, especially... Uh, he does, and, and, and he seems to have the skill to back it up. But And I think there should be a, a few of him scattered throughout the weight divisions. But when it gets to be, like, uh, fucking... Uh, Conor McGregor was punching old men in bars, cheap-shotting old men in bars, throwing fucking metal dollies at fucking innocent babies. I think it's like... Well, that guy didn't like his whiskey. Yeah, so, I mean, when he's hitting people like that, that's fucking... That's just criminal. John Jones is like doing steroids nonstop and laughing at USADA because he knows how to fool them. And he, and they're stupid enough to be fooled. So, I mean, and then just hearing him, like, and then he's he's in a fucking, he's a married guy. He's always in a bu- fucking bar or a strip joint. He's ramming pregnant women. It's just like, be more like fucking Cormier and, and Stepik. And like I said, if you want to go over the edge, be like Covington or be like uh, um, be like Jorge Masvidal, but don't be so, don't go so far over the edge that you're just a, a, a not a good human being. You think they're gonna fight next? Who? Covington Masvidal. Yeah, I think that I think they're. Who and, called and, out Jorge Masvidal? Nick uh, Diaz. Oh, Nick Diaz called it. 
Nate, yeah, he Nate th- Diaz called him Because he thinks he's the baddest motherfucker. I mean, he, nothing but respect. He said he's the baddest motherfucker out there, um, and he wants to fight the other baddest motherfucker out there who happens to be Jorge Masvidal. So he had nothing but respect for him. He didn't say anything bad about me because he just said, next to me, you're the baddest motherfucker in the world. So I like that. And he also said nothing but respect for... Uh, um, Pettis, he goes, he said, he, I thought he was the baddest motherfucker in the world, so I beat him, now I want to fuck, fight the other one. I love, I love the Diaz brothers, I, I don't know why. Um, Man, the crowd loves those guys. Oh, yeah. The crowd went insane. He, that reason people were at that fight in L.A., was, or Orange County, was to see Nate Diaz. Man, he had a lot of fans there. He was, he it was, was impressive. It was, it was. And he, and he backs it up. Win or lose, he backs it up. He also gets cut easily. I he, think gets he gets cut, cut easily, and it's not because he got really beat up. It's because he just gets cut easily. He gets cut easy, and he gets he get, like I've seen him like just killed to the body, and he keeps coming. He is a fucking uh, he is Arturo Gatti. He's cut out of Arturo Gatti's mold. Well, so talking about the main fight, the DC Stipe fight. The only trash talk I heard going in was Stipe was saying their first fight was kind of a fluke, or that Cormier got lucky. To land that, didn't he land like a left hook out of the clinch or something? Right hook, a right hook out of the clinch and and drop Stipe in the yeah. first fight. Yeah. That was the only trash talk. Was he was kind of just trash talking what happened? Like that was a fluke. He shouldn't have beat me. Uh, pretty tame by comparison. Um, what did you think of that fight? I thought it was a good fight. Yeah, it was a good fight. Um, it was one sided per se. Um, it wasn't like a one sided beating, but it was definitely all. Uh, I think it was all. Daniel Daniel Cormier the, for the first three yeah, rounds. First three rounds. I think they all belonged to him. I don't think it was no. I don't think if that fight didn't end the way it did, I don't think it was fight of the night. No. But but it had no fight of the night markings because it was very one sided. It didn't have as much action as some of the other fights, but it was very technical, and it just looked like uh, Cormier had his number, and Cormier's hands were down. But he was riding the punches, kind of like Roberto Duran used to. So he wasn't really getting tagged. Um, and then came the dreaded liver shot in the well, fourth round. Before that came, the, the, between the third and fourth round, the corner. So the camera went into the corner. And they hear DC's trainer. Who was that? Yelling, keep your damn hands up. No, like, no, he didn't say that. Let me tell you what he said. Yeah, he did. That was Bob... That was crazy, Bob. Well, whoever it was, the best fucking in his corner. corner his corner. He was said, "Please, please." That's why it was so funny because the announcer said, "Wow, that's a difference." He said, "Please," he said, "Please." He's pleading keep, with him. He's pleading with him. Please keep your hands up, which had nothing to do with it because it was the body shot, which his hand should have been down a little more, or his elbow should have been in, but his hands were down, but his elbows were out. Um, so yeah. He was pleading with him, but he wasn't really getting tagged. But I see, I mean, Crazy Bob Cook is, is a great trainer. And let me tell you, when, back in the old days, man, when my guys were fighting on smaller or more regional shows, anytime I saw Crazy Bob Cook's guys in the other, in the other corner, I'd be like, oh, shit, this is an, I'm in for a, a long night. Great trainer. But, yeah, he was like pleading with him, please keep your hands up. So then after that, the fourth round was a different round. It was... Championship rounds that that went very differently than the first three. I was surprised we didn't see more wrestling in this fight. So was I, and 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 that was another thing that they were pleading for in the corner was more wrestling. Uh, that was DC's 
DC knocked him out of the punch, um, but he's his main his main uh, uh, advantage over Steep Egg is his wrestling pedigree, but not necessarily his MMA wrestling. I don't think his MMA wrestling is that much better. But you could fool me wrong with the way he actually picked him up on his shoulder and carried him around. He did. So, <laughs> so, so what's he going to do? I mean, I spoke too soon. He did toss him onto his back. He did. And then Steve did really well on the bottom. And Steve is such a good fighter. He's such a well-rounded, just a, he's a fucking great fighter. And it's like, it was watching these guys fight, the way they conducted themselves before the fight, during the fight, and after the fight, made you love the UFC. And some of these guys, man, please, I mean, sell a fight. Covington, you're doing a great job. Sell your fights. Uh, Jorge Masvidal, you're doing a great job. Sell your fights. Even Ben Askrek, I think, for the most part, you're doing a great job. But some of you guys, please don't be such fucking douchebags. You don't have to be a fucking low-life douchebag to sell tickets. You don't. I have a feeling, I might be wrong, but I have a feeling... Uh, um, I have a feeling that DC and, and Steepig made quite a bit of money. They didn't fucking trash talk once. You can do it if your skills are, are high enough. You really can. You don't have to be a fucking douchebag. Trash talk. Have fun. I think the fa my favorite trash talker of all time was Muhammad Ali. My favorite trash talker in, the, uh, in MMA... Uh, probably my first one was Rampage. I think Rampage was a great trash talker, and then he would turn it off and show nothing but respect for his opponent. I think he was a great trash talker. I think uh, Chael Sonnen, great trash talker. Matt Lilland, check out some of his old trash talking. He was an underrated, under-the-radar trash talker, but he was so smart. Remember when he fought, I forget the guy's name, but uh, the guy that looked like fucking uh, Fonzie. He fought the guy that looked like Fonzie. But he was a great trash talker. And, you know, Ben Askren and, and uh, Covington, they're good trash talkers. You don't have to be a douchebag to make a lot of money. You just have to be a really good fighter. Bing. What do you think? Yeah, and I think being popular, I think that's the way some people want to be popular. Yeah, I think they want Nate, to be the bad guy. Nate Diaz has become very popular. Right. He's one of their superstars, and he hasn't fought in, what, three years? He hasn't fought in a while. Yeah, he's 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 the quintessential bad boy, because does such a good job at it. I don't think he crosses any lines. I think he's he's, like, perfect the way he trash talks, but when he fights, he fights like fucking, like, he's a great fighter. But anyway, so that was a good fight. Speaking of, uh, uh, speaking of uh, Nate Diaz, Nate Diaz, Anthony Perez, uh, great fighter, not a great fight. I thought it was a very one-sided fight. Um, it wasn't like I I'm going to knock you out, beating the shit out of you the whole fight. But I think Nate won pretty much with a wide margin every round. I don't think anybody at the end of that fight went, huh, I wonder who's going to win that one. I don't think there's one person... One person in the world who said, hmm, I don't know who won that one. Including Anthony Pettis. No, I don't. And they got very respectful after the fight to each they other. They were, they were. And so I, what, what about these uh, middleweights, man? These guys are huge. Paulo Costa and Yoel Romero. Yoel Romero was the biggest middleweight I've ever seen until... He's 42. Yeah. Well, until Paulo Costa. Man. That he guy's looked, giant. He looked like, he looked like Yoel, Yoel Romero looked like his little brother. 
<laughs> but to be honest, like, um, I thought I thought Pella won really, really close fight. Didn't he get booed? Yeah, because people love you well because of his memories like gay Jesus and he made all those remarks and <laughs> he's a really really popular guy and, and I think he's really good, really, really skilled, really athletic, really tough. But the steroids, you know, he's been popped with steroids a few times and I just can't get over that. So to me that takes away all the skill you have. Still, steroids or no, 42 years old to look like he looks. Yeah. And to perform like he performs. He doesn't look like he's performing like a 42-year-old no, in the he's, ring. He's unbelievable. He's, his, his athletic ability is unbelievable. And, but then again, so, is, uh, so you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger had the greatest body in the world at 42, but it was all steroids too. But Paulo, Fila, Paulo Costa, um, man, he, he, he was right there. I could see if it went the other way. And I can see if it went that way. So it was really close. I think that was the fight of the night. I'm pretty sure. It was. And the crowd did not like the decision at all. Because people love Yuval Romero. He's just... But I think Paul Gossip, I think he's got quite a following. And he he's, does. He's undefeated, isn't he? Yeah, he's undefeated. He's like 13-0 and 0 yeah, for think, good reason. I could, I mean, see, I could see him winning that fight, yeah. But I could also... I could have seen if it went the other way. But, but like I said, the steroids... I, I, I just can't get behind the steroid guy as much. All right. So, so this is a short one today. Oh, we're just doing a short. Okay, yeah, we gotta go. We got he got he had to do like some kind of bunions, bunion, bunion surgery. Is that what it was? Bunion or was it hemorrhoid? Um, he has some kind of surgery. Okay, what was it? Tell me the surgery. I was in my office. Nothing right. exciting. Okay. Well, he just does a, other surgeries yeah, like <laughs> overbooked office. Today. I need. I might need some kind of shoulder therapy or something soon, but I don't know. Right now, right now, I'm good. But anyway, guys, okay. And what I get for for you guys, I want to learn something about. If you're getting a little older, like I am, and you want to learn some of my tricks about staying in fighting shape at sixty, check out uh, check out my blog. Check out my blog um, at um, just go just put in John Hackleman's blog. You'll find it. John Hackleman's blog. I talk about how to stay in fighting shape. I'm in fighting shape. I'm I'm not gonna fight any really tough guys, but I might be able to fight my mom. I don't know, uh, but I could still fight. I, you're I could, on the list of the top twenty. What's top, the list, John? I'm the top. I'm in the top. <laughs> I am. Well, I, I asked. You can talk about it. I asked. I actually am in the list of the top <laughs> badass, most badass guys over sixty. <laughs> the top in the, twenty in the twenty in the world, though. In the world, I'm okay with that. I don't know the fucking other nineteen though. Fuck them. Or the 18, because I'm like number 19. Yeah, you're or not something. number 20. Come no, on. I'm like 19. I should be like three, maybe. Because you were number three, you say number three. If you're number 19, you say top 20, right? I'm in the top 19. <laughs> top 19. I'm in the top 19 fighter, uh, tough, badass guys in the whole world. According to. According to. According to I, don't know. I saw an article. Uh, it's mom. impressive. According <laughs> to my mom. My mom always told me, man. She always told me. Your mom's probably on that list. She always said, "Find the chin, and you will." She used to fucking preach that to me. She used to make, she used to make me repeat it. Like I'd be lying in bed, like before I went to sleep, and she'd come in and she'd read, like from Wizard of Oz. You read that book, and then she before she'd leave, she'd stand up, and she'd get in like an informal position, like, and she'd say, "Find the chin, and you will win." Repeat after me. And I'd have to be laying in bed. I'm like fucking six years old. I'd be like. Find the chin and you will win. 
She'd make me do that for like 20 minutes and then she'd leave. And I'd awesome. cry myself to sleep. Awesome. My mom never told me that. Um, but I learned it now. You learned it? <laughs> so learned you can thank now. my mom secondhand. I learned it now. All right, guys. Thanks for nice coming. Time.